here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. A friend of mine just wrote me and said, so let me get this straight. On this Biden story where he saw two well-dressed men kissing and his father is driving him to school. He's a senior in high school, Mr. Producer. He said to him the big issue was, your daddy's still driving you to school when you're a senior in high school? Don't you have a friend or somebody you can drive with? The whole thing is BS. Everybody knows it. It's been demonstrated 14 different ways. Anyway, I want you to listen to this first clip of Joe Biden as he does his Marxist class warfare. He's now accusing the Republicans of wanting to defund the police. The guy is such a pathological liar. It's just incredible to me. But that probably explains why he is the leading Democrat in America. Cut one, go. My Republican friends say, what are you going to cut taxes for the wealthy? I said, no, I got a better way of saving money. Not a joke. If, in fact, no. you limit yeah. the amount of money that can be charged to reasonable prices by the drug companies. You Not a joke. Yes, you are, you schmuck. All right, that's enough. And yet I'm thinking, how fast did Biden bail out his friends at this bank, the Silicon Valley Bank? How fast did he do that, Mr. Producer? In minutes? Many of them millionaires and billionaires? Took the limit off the cap of $250,000 for depositors? has exposed the entire nation to a policy that would be utterly disastrous. How fast did he move? This is a Democrat bank, and I'm going to prove that in a minute. Meanwhile, as Kelly Sadler points out in the, what is this paper? The Washington Times, good paper. Biden rushes to bail out Silicon Valley, continues to ignore East Palestine, Ohio. You thought about that, Rich? Isn't that amazing? So the Democrats are always about bailing out Democrats. The elite donors. The bigwigs. East Palestine doesn't even merit a visit by this moron. Now you think about that, folks. And there's going to be more about the money that's gone to the Biden crime family from the communist Chinese in a minute. This is unbelievable to me that there's not an ongoing investigation of Biden and his family. Forget about Hunter. Hunter's just a little piece of it. The big guy at the top. None of this would be possible but for the big guy. And yet they are covering up for this guy like there's no tomorrow. Like there's no tomorrow. But Biden keeps talking about now that Republicans want to defund the police. Because they didn't vote for his massive climate change bill that was dressed up as an inflation reduction bill 
that had all kinds of stuff in there. And we give money to states and cities. And he said that money could have been used to hire police. But the Republicans voted against it. Therefore, they defunded. This is why this crackpot was failing in law school and had to plagiarize and cheat to get through a test. Because he's an idiot. But if you're an idiot in politics, you're righteous. If you know how to lie and lie often, even if you're caught, but you act like you're telling the truth, you can become a Democrat Party apparatchik or an official as well. It's just incredible to me. And then he sends his idiot OMB director to the Senate to defend what is an indefensible massive spending debt and taxing bill. The worst we've seen ever proposed in the history of the United States, ever. And she's up against the great senator from Wisconsin, Ron Johnson. I want you to take a listen to this. Cut to go. What would be a fair percent of total income taxes, in your mind, for the wealthy to pay? So I I will point out uh, that you talked a lot about federal tax. We have... I also did. I also did total tax. It was yeah. about twenty-four percent. So, in your mind, again, you have to use metrics here. When when will the top one percent pay their fair share? What percent of income taxes? What percent of total taxes will be their fair share? I'll go back to a statistic that I talked about earlier, where some analysis show four hundred of the wealthiest families in this country pay eight percent effective rate. So let me, let, me stop, let me stop. The top 1% pay an average of a 26% top rate. The bottom 50% pay 3.1%. So the bottom 50% pay 3.1%. The top 1% pay an effective rate of 26%. That's a pretty big delta. That's a progressive tax rate. Again, I want to know it. What, what should the top 1% pay in terms of total income tax? What should they pay as a percent of total, total tax? What percent should that be? Right now, it's 42.3% of total income tax. It's around 24% of total tax. Senator, now, listen, to now listen, listen to how vicious and vile she becomes here. Because he asks a very rational question. Notice, first, she talks about these 400 families. He's not talking about that. He's talking about all the wealthiest in the country. Not 400 families. Tens of thousands of families. So he says, what should it be? Now listen to what she says. Go. I'm happy to share ours where... No, I mean, listen, you don't even need to look at it. Right now it's 42%. That's your analysis. Should it be be 50%? Should they pay 70% of the total income tax? Should they pay 50% of total tax? I mean, in your mind, to step away from rhetoric, at what point will you be satisfied that the top 1% are paying their fair share? I mean, you ought to be able to figure that off the top of your head. Yeah, Senator, I've told you, and I'm happy to share this analysis. 400 of the wealthiest families in this country. That's that's not answering the question. See, and they're never going to answer the question because Marxists don't answer questions. They don't have to. They're ideologues. And she's not going to answer the question. The numbers that he's using are publicly available numbers. I've used them before myself. The bottom 50% pay 3.1% of federal income taxes. The bottom 50%. The top 1% pay 26%. The top 5% pay 50%. He 
He's saying, okay, what do you want him to pay? And she won't say. Why not? I don't know. Maybe she needs a biologist, Mr. Producer. Although in her case, she needs a mathematician. Shalonda Young is her name, by the way. And she's highly qualified for this position because she knows how to lie just like her boss. Her boss is out there today, as you heard him, talking about how Republicans want to defund the police. And everybody's scratching their head. Wait a minute. We have Democrat mayor after mayor. We still have Democrats in the House saying that. Which Republican wanted to defund the police? But he says it. Because he has no shame. He's been doing it for 80 years. Cut three, go. 2022 is $1.37 trillion. In 2023, it's projected to be over $1.5 trillion. All right, he's talking about each year's deficit because they keep claiming this is going to bring down the deficit, all this massive spending. So this is 2022. You project the deficit just for that year to be 1.3 to 1.4 trillion. In 2023, it's projected to be over 1.5 trillion. And the president's budget now is projecting 1.8 trillion. Go ahead. The president's budget now is projecting 1.8 trillion. So from 1.3 to 1.5 to 1.8 how can you claim that's reducing the deficit? Easily, Senator. My entire statement said over. we talk about 10-year budget windows. Over the 10-year budget window, if you go look at 2033, the president's budget will bring down deficits uh, by $3 trillion, nearly $3 trillion, $2.9. But again, year to year. I mean, I think most people say when you're reducing deficit. So let's stop. Let's stop. What 10-year budget? What is this, Mao's China? Stalin's Russia. Everybody knows 10-year budgets are a fraudulent PR marketing mess that Congress uses, particularly Democrats. Because no future Congress is held to what a past Congress has done. Certainly the Democrats aren't going to be held to it. They'll look for another emergency, another, another situation to say, look, we've got to spend more and more and more and more because that's what they do. They're economic ignoramuses. Go ahead. Year on year. So we're going from 1.3 trillion to 1.6 trillion to now 1.8 in the budget. You're actually increasing the deficit by about $300 billion in 2024 is your projection over the 2023 projection. You're increasing the deficit. And by the way, that's a massive deficit. $1.8 trillion. What do you think is sparking inflation? Which caused the Fed to start increasing interest rates, which is causing the run on these banks. At what point are you going to acknowledge the harm that, these mass, that this massive deficit spending is causing our economy? You're certainly not recognizing in your 2024 budget. Senator, what I hope we all realize is that inflation is a global, uh, a global phenomenon. The UK doesn't have the same laws over the last few years that the United States has, and it has inflation. India, the same. Again, when when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. And what he's saying there is, what does that have to do with anything? We're the ones driving up inflation, so it affects the other countries. The other countries are based on the dollar, too. And he's asking very, very important questions here, and she won't answer them. 
she won't answer them. This this involves the budget. This involves the future. And she won't answer them. And they're destroying our financial system, our banking system. But they keep at it with her because this is the budget proposal and this is the committee that oversees the budget. Now, Rick Scott takes a shot to see what's going on. Excellent senator as well. Shalanda Young again, OMB director, cut four, go. Do you believe excessive government spending, running big deficits, causes inflation? I believe one thing does not cause inflation, and what we see is inflation is pervasive around the globe. That's fine. I mean, that was an answer. So that's no. The federal debt has risen to more than $31 trillion. Since Biden took office, it's almost up $4 trillion. Do you believe that his budget reduces debt, the debt of the country? Uh, Senator, one, I would, I use $24.7 trillion. Uh, that is publicly held debt. The rest of the debt that you cite is go- other government trust you think, funds. Do you think his debt. budget reduces debt? Uh, our budget focuses on the deficit, which in no, turn has that. an impact on okay. the debt. So that's a no. Okay, that's fine. So is President Biden's budget balanced? Meaning, does it, are you going to, are we going to spend more than we collect? Uh, Senator, no, because we believe that would hurt working families. Oh, okay. Now you haven't hurt working families yet, have you? Do I have to go through it? Do these people not live in the real world? The answer is no. They get a government check no matter what, and it's a big, fat, juicy check. These people come out of academia. They come out of activism, community activists. Most of them are utterly ignorant about the areas of the government they're supposed to be overseeing. It's not that this woman is ignorant. She's a propagandist, a propagandist for Biden and his administration. You've heard what she said. Does any of it make sense? You're going to massively increase yearly deficits. And then you claim at the end of 10 years, you're going to be cutting debt. Now, that is a lie. And so the Democrats are going to vote for this. Now, let me ask you a question. How is this any different from a financial institution putting out a document that lies about their finances? And if the SEC found out about it, wouldn't they prosecute them? Wouldn't they audit them? Wouldn't the moron, the attorney general, wouldn't he sick his his hound dogs on them? And yet the government does this every damn day. You're hearing it right here. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? 
they'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Biden in California yesterday. Cut 15, go. Congressional Republicans should pass my budget instead of calling for... By the way, notice he's flying everywhere but Palestine, Ohio. This is amazing. You know why he's in California? Raise money for himself. Go ahead. Congressional Republicans should pass my budget instead of calling for cuts in these services or defunding the police or abolishing the FBI, as we hear from our MAGA Republican friends. We hear from our MAGA Republican friends that they want to defund police or abolish the FBI. You heard from Matt Gates at CPAC, who did it really, not as a serious way, as a point of argumentation, but that said, his MAGA Republican friends make America great again. Isn't that horrible, to make America great again? And what do we call Biden? I think we call him and his friends maggot Democrats. Republicans, wake the hell up and get into the battle. Engage. Joe Biden and the maggot Democrats. That's what they are. No, we don't want to cut the police. We want to increase their money, increase their numbers, increase their firepower. You lame brain, low IQ moron. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Mark Levin, the most popular conservative author in America. Call in to the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. You know, America, I'll let you in on a little secret. My beautiful wife is off in Jerusalem running the Jerusalem Marathon. I desperately wanted to go there with her and other family members, but I couldn't. Because I'm working on my next book. It is a huge project. Now we adopted these two puppies. And I wanted them. There was one and I said let's get the other one. Turns out they're not house trained. 
And I told you I've been building Fort Knox around the kitchen because I want them to have a little bit of room to move around. But the bigger dog, Ronnie, is almost like a gazelle. And he is hilarious. And I can see he was likely abused. And I'm not going to do any of that stuff. And the little one was a puppy mill dog and spent most of his life in a cage. But between me and my buddy Mike, we walked them six times a day, Mr. Producer. I early in the morning and late at night, he in between. So I can prepare, being a quasi-professional for radio, for Levin TV, for my Fox show, and work on this book. But it hasn't gone as planned this week. And uh, I just wanted to point that out. And these dogs are so precious. Many of you have been giving us advice here at the Levin TV Empire, where I want to remind you, I also appointed myself the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusivity. So if my broad staff of two have any issues, they have to come to me. And by the way, any federal judge is welcome here. I will not shout them down. And so I finally broke down. One after another of you said, you need to get these, these cages. And I'm not going to keep them in cages. I can't do it. I don't have the heart for that. But every now and then, particularly when they make, I'm 65, but I'll say it anyway, a boo-boo, you've got to teach them. And the sooner I teach them, the better, because I want them running around the house and jumping on the bed and doing all the things the dogs should do. But they're puppies, and puppies do other things. For instance, they tore to pieces one of their beds. That took about a half hour to clean up, Mr. Producer. Uh, Ronnie, the bigger one, chewed through part of our wedding album. Thank God I have an understanding wife. I called her in Israel. I said, no, no, we got a problem. She said, don't worry about it. We can get that taken care of. Okay, good. And uh, I set the alarm for ultra early in the morning. I go to bed very, very late, not because I'm a night owl. You know, Joe Biden's a night owl because he, he just starts walking into walls late at night. He gets confused when the lights aren't on. But I'm working late at night. I burn the candle at both ends, as they say, which isn't very healthy, but I do what I do. There's limited time on this earth, and I don't want to blow it. So there we are. I haven't provided you with any pictures yet, have I, Mr. Producer? Put on the social sites. I'll do that soon. I'll do that soon. All right. Back to business, or the destruction of business, I should say, when we're talking about Biden and his comrades. The New York Post on page 12 and 13 today give us a little insight into this Silicon Valley bank, which is a completely woke bank. Ooh, don't say that. You can't say that. I just did. And why they've been bailed out so fast. It's not because of the finances of the country or anything. 
this bank was doing everything that the Democrats demanded. Everything. But Joshua Red Miller points out, SVP execs windfall-eyed woke board behind failure links to Hillary and Obama. Wow. Can you imagine that? One is a Hillary Clinton mega donor who went to a Shinto shrine to pray after Donald Trump won the White House. These are board members. Another one, they wife, uh, another worked for President Barack Obama before her own political career spectacularly failed. A third board member is a prolific contributor to Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi, who owns a Napa Valley vineyard just 15 minutes from his. That is his vineyard. Because, you see, the Democrats are for the little guy. The 12 directors who were supposed to oversee fallen Silicon Valley Bank and prevent the catastrophic errors on Friday that threw the entire banking system into jeopardy might not be household names, but now they face a series of investigations into their collective role and its collapse. The group's lack of banking expertise may likely be a focus for investigators. Do you think? Just one current member has had a career at the top of the investment banking world. That's one out of 12. That's not bad. 8%. What's clear is that the bank and much of the board burnished their Democratic credentials as part of their strategy. Everyone knew it was the go-to bank for woke CEOs, one source told The Post. They knew they were aligned politically. The company's SVB loan money to all had a woke agenda. And here's a who's who of the failed SVB board. Director Kate Mitchell, 64, is a Hillary Clinton mega donor, so upset by Trump's 2016 victory that she went to a shrine in Kyoto that Thanksgiving. I prayed for me and us to get beyond our grieving and shock and to figure out how to engage and listen to what happened and come back together. Mitchell told CNBC the prayers came after she had donated $50,000 to the Hillary Victory Fund. Wow. Prior to the election, Mitchell celebrated how 97% of technology company employees donate donations were going to Clinton. Quote, 97% support of Clinton is mind-blowing and really suggests that we're pounding the table. Mitchell told NBC News, we think her business policies are going to be friendlier. Mitchell was a prolific donor in 2016, but much less generous in 2020, donating only $593,000 each to Democrat parties in Minnesota, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Board member Elizabeth Busy Burr splits executive success. She's now the interim CEO of Rite Aid, after Hayward Dunnigan exited in January with a rare hobby, improvisational theater. The 61-year-old credits being an improv troupe for taking her to the top. I've learned a lot from doing improv, and it's influential how I think about leadership, she told Authority Magazine, oh, there's one, in February 2021 before joining SVB's board months later in November. Her woke credentials are not in doubt. In the same interview, she detailed how she saw her role as director as being about forcing companies to embrace diversity, which is what we're trying to do here on the Mark Levin Show. 
What is your heritage? Isn't it Italian and Irish, Mr. Producer? What is Stephen's heritage, Mr. Call Screener? What is your heritage, Stephen? He's all, he's European all over the place. And I, of course, are mostly Russian, if you can believe that. Not exactly proud of it, but here I am. So we have broad diversity here on the Mark Levin Show, I would say. All right, here we go. Gavin K. Staglin, elected to SVB's board in 2012, was another serial Democratic donor. He owns the Staglin Family Vineyard, a 61-acre certified organic property in Napa County. Excuse me, Napa County. The 2019 Cabaret uh, retails his does for about 300 bucks. 78-year-old and his wife Shari bought the estate in Rutherford in 1985, putting them in elevated company. Less than 50 minutes away is the uh, Napa Valley Estate owned by Democratic Speaker Emerita. Nancy, Eva Pelosi, and her husband. I'll have another, Paul. Staglin is donated to Pelosi, but reserved his biggest donations for national figures. He gave the Biden Victory Fund 10000 in 2020, sent 54000 to Hillary's Victory Fund in 2016 on top of 25000 the previous year. Back Barack Obama with 35800 in 2011. Gave the DNC $10,000 last year. All bailed out by you and me, by the people in Palestine, Ohio, wait. Now, the most politically connected independent director, as they say, is Mary J. Miller, 67. Mary J. was Obama's undersecretary for domestic finance at the Treasury Department from March 2012 to September 2014. In her role... She implemented the Dodd-Frank financial reform legislation that set the regulatory framework in which SVP operates, meaning she would have expert insight into the thinking of regulators dealing with the now-shuttered bank. But her own attempt at a political career ended in disaster. A longtime Baltimore resident, she ran to become Charm City's mayor in 2020, but finished in third in the Democrat primary after an extraordinary race row. Political Action Committee, working on Miller's behalf, sent an explosive email to potential donors saying her campaign strategy was to target white voters, which would leave the two African-American candidates to split the city's majority black vote and clear her path to victory. Local station WBFF reported, oh, she's kind of like Biden. Biden was a longtime bigot, but not anymore. Confronted with the email two months before the primary, Miller insisted the PAC, Citizens for Ethical Progressive Leadership, had nothing to do with her. Then we have Tom King, 63, CFB's newest director, only board member with a career at the pinnacle of the banking world. He spent 35 years in investment banking, much of it at Citigroup, before joining Barclays in 2013. What about Greg Becker, appointed by SVB as president and CEO in 2011? Lauded as a champion of the innovation economy. That's scary right there. Innovation economy. When he joined the firm in 1993, his company profile shows the 55-year-old Indiana University business grad urged SVB investors to stay calm on a conference call Thursday as its stock plummeted 60% during the afternoon trading. 
But less than two weeks earlier, he dumped more than $3.5 million worth of stock in the company records show. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Justice Department and the SEC are investigating the failure of SVB. Wow. What a board. I don't understand how it collapsed. It was doing everything the Democrat Party laid out. Oh, yes. It was involved in diversity, equity, inclusiveness. They had parties. Oh, lots of parties. Donated lots of money to Democrats. They had no diversity on the board. They're all left-wing crackpots. And they killed the bank. And they were giving all this money out for solar panels and batteries and, I guess, propeller hats and electric socks or battery socks. I don't know. The investments didn't pan out. And now you're on the hook. Just like you're on the hook for all these students who took out loans, who want to destroy your businesses and your families and your country, who attack judges, who attack Charlie Kirk. Yes. You should be subsidizing them too, don't you know? And of course, you hate the police, according to Biden. And of course, you support the rich against the poor, according to Biden. Biden, who still doesn't step foot in Palestine, Ohio, or hasn't gone to the border when the border was actually the border. He went to a Potemkin village that was created for him. Much like the Marxist thugs of the old Soviet Empire. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know if, if you believe Ukraine is in the right and Russia is in the wrong? That you're a liberal? You're not even a neocon. You're a liberal. Did you know Ronald Reagan was a liberal? Did you know George Patton was a liberal? Liberal! Oh, we'll have some fun with this next hour, of course. But if you support Putin or Russia, you believe in America first. Yes, America first. Amazing. Awful lot of kooks and crackpots out there. There just are. So I learned the other other day, the other evening, Mr. Producer, that if you support helping Ukraine defend itself and defeat the Russians in Ukraine, the Russians who've invaded Ukraine, then you're a liberal just like everybody on MSNBC and CNN. You're a liberal. thought to myself, why? That feels weird. I haven't ever been a liberal. And a lot of people I know who think as I do on this subject, they've never been liberals either. And then I'm told, forget about Ronald Reagan. Forget about him. He's old news. These are new times. Just because he defeated the Soviet Union and pushed them out of Central and South America, and just because he pushed them out of North Africa, 
And just because he beat their ass in Afghanistan, just because he worked with Lady Thatcher and John Paul II and Helmut Kohl and they had this magnificent alliance, forget about him. It's a new day. You all must be liberals. So I learned something new. That if you believe that America should remain the number one superpower, that we should have allies, that the allies and we should work together to defend ourselves against the communist Chinese or the fascistic Russians or the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran or the inbred in, in North Korea, then you're a liberal. I just learned this. And I scratched my head. I said, wait a minute. You're a liberal? Unless you support unilateral withdrawal, unless you oppose, oppose, providing aid and support to an ally after you sign an agreement with them in 1994 that you would, should they give up basically their defenses. Unless you can turn the other cheek while people are being slaughtered in mass graves and executed and raped at levels we haven't seen since World War II. You're a liberal. I said, whoa, really? Yes. You're a liberal. You're not even a neocon. Wow. But you're obviously a warmonger. Unless you allow people to be slaughtered, unless you... Unless you turn the other cheek when there's genocide, when little kids and women are being slaughtered and thrown in the mass graves, unless you pretend that a hostile regime isn't threatening you with nuclear weapons and is knocking out your drones, which are in international airspace, unless you pretend all that stuff's not happening, you're a warmonger. So just like the Marxists, the language has changed. Just like the Marxists. If you support freedom, obviously you don't. And stop using this word democracy. I saw this on the Red State site today. I usually like that site, but this guy was kind of a goofball. Stop using the word democracy. Ambiguous words like that. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll stop using it. But can I use the word like fascist to describe Vladimir Putin? Or is that too offensive? Is that too ambiguous? I mean, this is really cut and dry, isn't it, America? Russia invaded an ally. They were asked not to, and they did it anyway. Putin says he's interested in more than Russia. His number two has said that they, they believe Poland's boundaries need to be changed. Romania is afraid that they're being targeted, as are the Balkan states. Finland, which was neutral throughout World War II, is not neutral anymore. Because Finland's president says Russia has designs on them. What do they know that I don't know? Or better yet, are they liberals too? Are they warmongers too? These, these little countries with much smaller militaries? Warmongers. Well, we know they're not neocons, they're liberals. And they're obviously quite provocative. They're very provocative. 
because they want to be free. How come we're not seeing any of these any of these films of little Ukrainian kids being taken to concentration camps in Russia? There's tens of thousands of them, you know. Tens of thousands of them. What happened to transparency? I thought we like to look at video films, Mr. Producer, don't we? Where's the films? I'd love to see them. I don't have them. If I had them, I would show them to you. But some people have them, and they're not showing them. Why? How about the mass graves? How come we're not seeing those? Well, if you see today's New York Post, whoops, they have a, uh, let's see here. They have a piece in there by Erna Vervivsky. Anybody want to hear about this, or are you a liberal too? Liberals. We're not liberals. Because the populists can't define themselves or a rational national security policy. And you know, uh, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, suggested that Ron DeSantis might want to visit Ukraine. I think that's a great idea. He should, and so should Trump. They should both visit Ukraine. Why not? Why not? And by the way, Mark, you've never been there. I'd be happy to go with them both or either one. Happy to do it. More than, more than willing to do it. Happy to do it. So the New York Post has a piece here. Obviously, this Ukrainian woman is a liberal too. Ernia Verbivsky had already seen the worst of war. She hid in an underground bunker last February with her 83-year-old grandmother, Rita, and her pit bull, Nigel, as Russian jets tore through Ukrainian skies during the war's opening salvo. She fled to Moldova. By the way, have you seen that news? May I mention this or no? Are we all ideologues now, or can we at least inform ourselves? Moldova is this tiny little country on the border with Ukraine. And there's a secret document that's just been released. Not released, but found. Michael Weiss reporting. On Friday, National Security Council made a surprise announcement at the White House. They determined the Kremlin was plotting to topple another European democracy. Moldova. They're seeking to stage and use protests in Moldova as a basis to foment a manufactured insurrection against the government there. What do you think about that? Is that okay, too? Sure. It's none of our business. It's all the way over there in Europe, you know, where Marxism started and fascism started and World War I started and World War II started. Way, way, way over there where we sent the Yanks over there, our parents, our ancestors. Oh, yeah to fight and die and get wounded and come home because the prior generation, not the one just behind us, the generation prior to the generation that went to war, well, they believed in passivity too. And so their children and grandchildren had to fix what they screwed up. 
So there she is with her 83-year-old grandmother and her dog. So she flees to Moldova, which now Putin wants to wants to get a coup there. He has sent mercenaries from the Wagner Group over there. The Moldavian border police said it has stopped a suspected mercenary from the Wagner Group from entering the country in a week uh, when another 181 foreigners tried to enter to do likewise. Sure, sure. It's none of our business. But when the 37-year-old entrepreneur from Ukraine finally made it to Germany last April, she was shocked to see a different war on German TV than the atrocity-filled maelstrom from which she just escaped. People knew a war was going on, but they weren't showing how terrible it is, she said. So she determined that she'd return to her bleeding homeland in secret on the weekends whenever she could to document the cold realities of Vladimir Putin's war and show it to the world. Have you seen it, America? No. Why not? Because they're not showing it. The scene she recorded alongside her travel companion, a journalist named Igor Zakhanrenko, were so breathtaking in their horror the German news wouldn't publish them. What's being done to these people is beyond imagination. Rows of dead men with their faces caved in like rotting pumpkins. Charred bodies on the pavement. Their blackened arms twisted like burnt chicken wings as they tried to escape their torched cars. Abandoned stands of strollers, luggage, and stuffed animals surrounded by bloody lakes that stained the bricks on which they sat. She said, I want people to see the real side of war. I saw people without heads, tortured to death. Just civilians, not soldiers. Heads smashed, bodies piled up together, burned, people burned. Those pictures matter. And it was so horrific, the German media would not show them. Now, she was a self-made woman, an entrepreneur who knew how to make a buck. She owned a travel agency with offices in three cities. She had 44 employees. She and her family had a resort in Crimea, a vacation hotspot that offered tourists the chance to scuba dive and hop on local excursions. That all changed when the Russians came. They seized everything, she said, everything. And they did that in 2015, and now they say that's part of Russia. No, it was actually part of Ukraine. No, 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 you don't understand what happened in the 1300s, Mark. She still remembers when she heard the first air raid warnings on February 24, 2022, a little over a year ago at about 6 p.m. They hid in a milk factory bunker before fleeing the city for her grandmother's village about three hours west of Kiev. It was panic. Kids crying, people running, she recalled. One bunker didn't allow dogs and said my dog had to stay outside, but my dog is like my family. We were looking for another bunker and didn't know what to expect. We spent the whole night in a bunker with cats, dogs, people. We were sitting there underground and didn't know what was happening above us. People thought Ukraine didn't exist anymore. It was a rude awakening for her. She thought the war would be over in two days. And it was a nightmare come alive 
for her grandmother who survived World War II savagery. She knows what war is, she said. I didn't know. They heard the jets overhead. Now you know why Ukraine wants its own jets. They don't know if they were Russian or Ukrainian. Uh, Ukrainians are almost out of jets. And the explosions decimating Kiev, Ukraine's capital city, they were also running out of water. It's time to go. We didn't feel safe. When she fled from Moldova with her mother, grandmother, and dog and two cats in March 2022, they had little more than each other in a few small bags. The family hid their car among a row of tanks waiting for Russian airstrikes. We feared the Russians knew about the tank line, she said. It was the longest drive of my life. My mother and grandmother were crying. I tried not to show my fear, but inside, I had so much fear. I was smiling and telling jokes on the outside, but I was even more scared than them. I was shaking while driving, but the missiles never came. The family crossed into Moldova and arrived in Germany by April. They've been there ever since. Vrabiska was safe at last, but she couldn't stand still. Frustrated by what she thought was the sanitized international coverage of the war, she decided to head back to her mutilated nation. Why? Because there was an ugly truth that needed to be told. And we have putinoids and propagandists in our own country that will never tell the truth. While they pretend to be transparent. So under the guise of going to Berlin for business, she snuck back across the border time and time again to chronicle Ukraine's bloodiest hour. The scenes that greeted her were heart-stopping. They found scorched bodies piled on the highways and corpses of naked women surrounded by condoms whom she believed had been raped before they were butchered. In Buka, she and the uh, person she was with stumbled upon killing fields Rarely found in Europe since 1945. She said there were so many bodies on the streets, dead animals, women, children, and she took pictures of it all. We would visit houses and see people shot dead in their beds. They went to animal shelters and they executed the dogs. How are you protecting yourself when you're killing dogs? We saw the body of a man on a fallen bicycle shot dead. They weren't soldiers. They were civilians trying to escape. And in the shattered port city, Maripol, the pair played possum by hiding in a field of corpses as Russian fighters flew overhead. We were laying on dead bodies, she said. I was thinking I would die right now. My mother wouldn't know where I was. She thought I was in Berlin. Twice they were caught in a vicious crossfire that threatened to end their lives. Both times she worried her family wouldn't know where to find her body. She stopped the visits last fall after a close call in Irpin, left her somewhat shell-shocked. There was a lot of shooting. There was the moment when I thought I would really die, she said. Now she lives a decent, if comparatively quiet, life in Germany. She works for the mayor's office in Cornwestheim. Joined the Rotary Club. She plans to go back to Ukraine when the war ends, even though all her businesses are smoke and ash. But still her eyes blaze when she talks about the Russian foe who has tortured and burned his way across Ukrainian plains. People shouldn't say they hate people, but I can't help it, she said. 
I hate all the Russians now. Even when Russian people say they stand for Ukraine, I can't stand. I can't help myself. I hate them. I know there are many good Russians, and I have friends in Russia. But I don't speak to them anymore. After what I saw, this is the feeling now that I have. And so there's some photos in the New York Post, but they're covering all the faces. You can see one guy's burnt to a crisp. The war crimes are just horrendous. And you don't even hear about this, ever. I'll be right back. Mark in. Mr. Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, is on to something. And now we know why the Treasury Department was covering up wires. Wiring of funds back and forth for the Biden crime family. And I want to dig into this a little bit more thoroughly after the bottom of the hour. Here it is, the front page of the Washington Times. I decided today to actually buy five newspapers. I didn't waste money on the New York Slimes. It's not a newspaper. It's propaganda rag. I didn't waste money on the Washington Compost. Ditto for that. This is a real newspaper. Chinese firm wired $3 million a part of payouts to the Bidens. Now, uh, the Pink Panther over there in the Oval Office, check that, the Pink Panther over there in the Attorney General's office, he doesn't see anything here worth investigating. No, 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 no. Trump, Trump, 100% of the time, Trump. Treasury starts to disclose suspicious activity reports. SAPs, as we like to call them. And I want to get into this with you in more detail after the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. So Elizabeth Warren... She says we need more regulations. Well, she would, being a commie and all that. And so I just told you who's on the board of this bank, Silicon Valley Bank. I just told you what they were doing with their money. Now I see this piece that they spent $74 million on Black Lives Matter and social justice causes. In my view, they should be sued for that. That's not putting people's money to good work. BLM was a scam. And what does this social justice causes mean? And so she says, Congress is responsible for what took place by loosening up the regulations under Trump. So it's Trump's fault. Elizabeth Warren is a batty, radical, left-wing, know-nothing. Hence, she's a senator from Massachusetts, elected overwhelmingly by Democrats. That's what they like out of there. They have this other guy. That jerk who was a congressman forever. Markey. Ed Markey. My mom used to call me Markey, by the way. Only she can. But Ed Markey, who's another leftist goon who knows nothing. Absolutely nothing. But we have to repeal the Trump-era bank regulation. What did I say when this thing first broke? That's been regurgitated now by others. I said, what specific regulation are you talking about? Remember that, Mr. Producer? I said, which regulation are you talking about that would have saved this bank? This bank that was a Democrat Party bank, the board members were mostly Democrat Party donors and hacks, 
They were busy pushing the Democrat ESG agenda. It was exactly what the Democrats want from every business in this country. 1,550 loans to tech companies pushing climate change crap. And it failed. Imagine that. It failed. Because Marxism always fails. And it always will fail. 74 million dollars. Let's see. It's almost entirely self-imposed, which it is, writes Kira Davis at Red State. One of the smarter ones over there. But they're going getting almost a bailout anyway. No, they're getting a bailout. They're getting a bailout while the people in Palestine, Ohio, are still waiting. Was a massive donor to Black Lives Matter and other social justice causes to the tune of $74 million. And that comes from an extensive report dropped by the Claremont Institute on Tuesday. And that report details $82 billion in social justice BLM investments by major American companies. $82 billion. SVB stands out as one of the larger donors next to big donors like Apple, $100 million. Comcast, which owns NBC and MSLSD, $165 million. And then there's BlackRock. You know, they run all these phony commercials on Fox and elsewhere. $810 million. And Citigroup, $1.1 billion. Wow. What a scam. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, James O'Keefe will be with us with his new venture, O'Keefe Media Group, or OMG. So not only are we liberals, we're now the war people, Mr. Producer. Did you know that? We're the war party. Wow. How did this happen so quickly? Aren't the Russians the warmongers? No, no, no. You're the warmongers. And, of course, Lindsey Graham speaks for all of us. Well, he doesn't speak for me. No, 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 you don't understand. He does. You're a liberal, and Lindsey Graham speaks for you, and so does MSNBC and CNN. And you must support Biden, too, while you're at it, and blah, blah, blah. blah. Stupidity abounds. Shocking. Now, this SVPB bank... As pointed out in Red State here, the company's corporate responsibility report leaned heavily on their environmental, social, and governance, ESG actions. Some of the bank's major concerns, bullet, climate and environmental finance and investment. Bullet, climate and environmental risk management. Bullet, climate and environmental impacts from operations. Bullet, diversity, equity, and inclusion across our leadership, workforce, supply chain, and communities. Bullet, community development, financial inclusion, and economic equality. Bullet, quality of leadership, including skills and 
diversity. It also touted their diversity efforts, reporting they hired their first diversity equity inclusion officer, CDEIO, an enhanced workforce and board diversity metrics. We provide DEI learning tracks and programming, integrating content into our overall learning experiences at SVB. Courses range from raising awareness of unconscious bias to mitigating microbehaviors to promote inclusivity. And it goes on. So that's why this bank went under. Let me ask you folks a question. When you point to an array of leftists on MSNBC and CNN... Maybe the New York Times, the Washington Post, maybe the other networks and so forth. As evidence that you are right about something. Is that evidence you're right about something? Or that they're stupid and nuts, those people? No, those people are stupid and nuts. Is there not a single, rational, legitimate, patriotic, conservative argument for supporting Ukraine that was invaded by Russia? Not one, not one intelligent person who can make the case. Why do people always have to use, what is that woman's name? That that former Republican, what is her name? Not Nancy, what is her, I forget. Nicole, Nicole Wallace, that's who it is. Nicole Wallace. I talked about the Berkian trusteeship last night, I believe. If the people all voted and decided against your liberties, would that be okay? Why do people keep calling us a democracy? We're not a democracy. We're specifically not a democracy. We're a republic. We're not supposed to be governed by polls. How often are polls wrong? Why is it that people keep saying we're a democracy and everybody agrees with them? First of all, everybody doesn't agree with them. If we had a pure democracy, maybe they would vote certain cable networks out of existence or they would vote certain hosts off the cable networks. We don't want a pure democracy. We want our republic. We're a republic. And why is it that people who say they're not pro-Putin in Russia, they're just anti-America getting involved in this thing, why don't they ever talk about Russia? Have you noticed that, Mr. Badu? They never talk about Russia. They never talk about the war crimes. They never talk about their threats. They never say Ukraine doesn't threaten us, Russia threatens us. How come they never talk about Russia? In fact, how come they never criticize Russia? Why is it that Zelensky is the boogeyman and not not Putin? Why is that? And they want to know where our money's going in Ukraine. So do I. That's a fair question. But they never ask where our money's going in the United States. 
How many columns have they written about that? How many talk shows have they done about it? How many TV shows have they done about it? Few and far between, if ever. I mean, maybe Ukraine isn't handling the money properly. We don't know that, but I do know our government's not. Because we're report after report after report. All these phony arguments that are thrown out there. All these phony arguments that are thrown out there. Did you know there's a special inspector general that's been appointed to look over this money? Well, then he ought to issue his reports, or she. Hopefully they were picked on merit, and we can take a look at them. But the ball keeps moving. It's not a matter of where the money's going. They don't want any money going there, and they never have. Period. I don't care what they say on CNN or MSNBC. I don't care what these outliers have to say. What does it have to do with with supporting an ally? Is that some kind of an argument? That I need to care what what some crackpot on another network has to say? Or in a New York Times column has to say? Or a Washington Post column has to say? That's not an argument. Certainly not to me. But why is it? When you point that these people really do support Putin, that they, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they're saying, no, 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 what, what we support Putin? But don't they? When's the last time they talked about all the assassinations? When's the last time they talked about the, the re-education, quote-unquote, camps that Putin has set up for Ukrainians? When's the last time they mentioned to you the tens of thousands of children that have been trained from Ukraine into Russia? Why don't they talk about that? Tonight we have a, a huge story in the New York Post about the horrific genocide that's taking place in Ukraine. Why don't they report that? They can still have their opinions. They can still conclude that we shouldn't be there, we shouldn't spend money there, we should be focused on our border and not their border, and on and on and on. They can say all those things, but why don't they say the other things? I say them. And then Ukraine is responsible, you see, for our inflation. Ukraine is responsible for Joe Biden's boneheaded policies that have caused energy shortages and energy increases, bank failures, industry failures, the loss of energy independence, the open borders. Ukraine is responsible for it. And yet you know damn well if we had nothing to do with Ukraine, Biden would still be destroying America. Biden would still be destroying America. The war machine is not in Washington. It's in Moscow. The war machine is not in Washington. It's in Beijing. The war machine is not in Washington. It's in Tehran. The war machine is not in Washington. It's in North Korea. We American firsters, why do we trash our own country? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Delaware. We're going to have a great Sunday show. I'll tell you more about it tomorrow. So we have with us James O'Keefe, who has started a brand new venture, O'Keefe Media Group, or OMG. James, how are you, my friend? Hey, Mark. Great to be with you. It's a pleasure. Tell us what you're doing. Well, we, uh, we just launched a new website today, O'KeefeMediaGroup.com. It's a subscription-based news organization. And this organization is designed to empower and equip all the people out there that have emailed me and called me and texted me over the last month after what has happened, thousands of people that want to go be citizen journalists. So you can go on our website, sponsor a camera for these people, We're going to create an army of citizen journalists. As you all know, I'm the founder of Project Veritas. I've been doing that for 13, 14 years, broke some of the biggest stories ever, uh, built a nonprofit news organization to expose the government, pharmaceutical companies, schools. But now I think the next stage of this is to get these cameras into the hands of thousands of people. And that's what I intend to do, Mark. It's all called O'Keefe Media Group. It's not a nonprofit, subscription-based, and uh, I'm intending to to create an army of citizen exposures. Now, the good thing about this, in your situation, and for what you do, is you don't have to keep looking over your shoulder at donors. That uh, the citizens will either support or not, and I'm sure they will, including the listeners to this to this program, your endeavors and participate in it. So you want to create thousands and thousands of activists who will bring to you information, videos, and so forth, whether school board meetings or corporate meetings or whatever they are, and provide you with the information so you can go through it with your new staff and so forth. Is that, is that the idea? That's exactly right, Mark. And you know, I saw you backstage at CPAC, and one of those whistleblowers was on stage with me, Debbie from Pfizer. She was one of the two brave people from Pfizer who brought us that story a month ago. That was viewed 50 million times. And uh, we have a team of about 10 elite people, journalists that I've worked with, who have identified and have worked with me. And we're going to, you know, the people, the world is on fire. People are very upset about what's happening. People want to get involved. They want to do something. They want to expose what's happening in their communities. And they need a place. We need to crowdsource out the journalism. We need to um, decentralized journalism. And, and because we all know journalism has been dead for a very long time. So this effort will be, I guess you could call it Uber for journalism, just getting cameras out into the hands of thousands of people and training them. I intend to have classes on ethics, um, how to use the technology, a legal primer about the consent laws in various states, how to identify a story. I just want to, I just want to make sure that everyone who wants to get involved in this can and uh, it's O'Keefe Media Group, hashtag OMG. We're launching it today. Mr. Producer, make sure we put that on our social site. You know, James, I think you have now, being the entrepreneur that you are, you've created a brand new industry. I mean, you really are here, a brand new platform. Uh, I mean, I, can, I, I, I don't see any limits on this. In other words, people can, uh, depending on the rules for a particular state, Come elections, they can monitor what's taking place and get you the information. Down on the border, they can monitor what's going on, get you the information. Uh, these bank events, you know, that, which are so wasteful and so ridiculous. I, I just think, uh, I wonder, 
do you, I think you must, but do you understand what you're unleashing here? Do I do, and I don't think, Mark, I could have done it a year ago or five years ago, but I think after what has happened uh, to me um, since the FBI raid, um, this phar- pharmaceutical company, you know, the FBI raided my home, you know, a year and a half ago over that Ashley Biden diary. The, the, the pharmaceutical company, Pfizer, responded to our story. Debbie went on stage last week. I remember. I mean, these are brave people. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I was ousted from the organization I founded, Project Veritas. I was ousted from the organization by a board of directors. So after having been through that, I think sources, I think people, um, it's all about building trust with, with people so that they come to you. And there's really nowhere for people to actually go. I mean, they can't go to the Washington Post. Ironically, Mark, uh, Oliver Darcy from CNN texted me today. And he said, hey, I saw your new, your new news organization. And I said, well, Oliver, you'll have to go on and, and get a class on journalism ethics. I shall offer it yeah. to you for free. So, He's the worst. So he is. But people don't have any place to go, so I want to be a place where people can be trained and learn how to record in their community so that we can do this en masse. I think that's fantastic. Now, if you do have a board, you got to be careful who you put on the board, right? That is true, Mark, and admittedly um, an area where I have failed, and and I've learned from it. I think I'll be more effective as a result of what I went through. Obviously, it was a learning lesson for me about, you know, who is in control of a news organization, who owns a news organization. That's Mm -hmm. really the problem with most news organizations. They're, They're... they're corrupted by the advertising influences brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer, like you see on CNN. Um, mm-hmm. But ult- ultimately, this is an organization that I own, and it'll be partially owned by, by many of you, the subscribers. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, keep us informed about the things you're doing. We'd be more than happy to showcase them here because you've been you, you're a real great patriot, very courageous. And look what you've done. You've taken a situation where uh, it was extremely negative, and look what you've done. You've turned it into the opposite. And people can learn from that in all walks of life. You can't get depressed. You can't be down. I mean, you can, but you've got to come out of it and come out smarter and stronger, yes? Yeah. It was a very difficult situation for me for about a week, but I think I'll be a more effective messenger as a result of it. And I think, Mark, these situations like what happened with me and Veritas, it, it made me realize who the real people are and who the, I mean, we, we, really good people are in my life and who the real journalists were and who the people were. I got people for the last two weeks to make this happen. We've been, we've been working out of this makeshift war room suite and the 10 people sitting on the floor working for free. I mean, there's some really good people. And I don't just mean the 10 people in my room. I mean the thousands of people that have emailed me at O'Keefe tips at protonmail.com. We've received thousands of emails. Hey, should be one of those cameras, people in Europe, people in people in South America, I mean, people everywhere. They're saying, I want to do that and I'll do it for free. So you, you can, you can draw from that experience that you really do. There are a lot of good people in this country that are really, really fearless who just want to contribute. And I, and I just want to create a place where they can do that. So my mission is, is um, evolved. And now it's going to be crowdsourcing the journalism, empowering people. O'KeefeMediaGroup.com is where you can 
subscribe and sponsor a little one of these James Bond devices that we can get into the hands of the citizens to record wrongdoing. Because that's what our leadership really fears. I don't trust the left. They're probably going to want to try and get a thousand of these from you. So just be, I'm sure you're going to be cautious about it. I'm just, just a heads up because they're, they're very diabolical. I don't trust a damn one of them. James O'Keefe, ladies and gentlemen, there he is. He's starting a very wonderful new enterprise. Check him out on my social sites. And if you want to participate or you just want to help him, you can be a subscriber as you are to Blaze and so forth. God bless, my friend. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. It's amazing. So Ronald Reagan was a liberal and a warmonger. Did you know that? That's right. Anyone, anyone who supports supporting Ukraine, not with troops, not with jet fighters, not with nukes, for providing them with the support they need is a liberal warmonger like Ronald Reagan. That's how idiotic and asinine this has become. And you must, you must be in the audience of MSNBC and CNN. Because I deign it that way. What are you talking about? This is what these pseudo-conservatives in the media are talking about, like and talking about. It's incredible. But they will not criticize Putin. Oh, they'll call us Putin guy. But they won't criticize Putin. They won't send you film or pictures of what Putin has done. They won't show you what Putin and his apparatchiks have said about Poland and other countries. Why? Even if they don't support Ukraine and providing resources to Ukraine, why do they cover for Putin? Why do they censor the news? And why do they call us the warmongers? China's the warmonger. Russia's the warmonger. Iran's the warmonger. North Korea's the warmonger. We're not a warmonger. Our military is not filled with warmongers. Those are young men and young women who have volunteered. They're not stupid. And of course, the reason we're not re- meeting our numbers, which I talk about here endlessly, is because the wokeism coming from the top of the military. And I could go on and on and on. I mean, have a serious debate. A serious discussion. Not these Potemkin arguments. By the way, that... Uh, where am I, Mr. Bidu? Oh, hey, right here. I'm sorry. Do you like your washing machine? See, when government gets so big, and when the limited parameters of government have been, have been jumped, the constitutional limits... 
They reach into everything, including your washing machine. Free Beacon. Manufacturers say government climate change initiative would make your washing cycles longer and your clothes dirtier. They've done this with showers. They've done this with toilets. I love it. When you're wanting to kill a baby, they say stay out of the bedroom. It's a private matter. Abortion. But if you want to wash your clothes, you want to take a leak, you want to take a shower, may I say, then apparently the government can come into your home. Come into your bathroom, come into your shower, and now your laundry. Manufacturers say government climate change initiative would make your washing cycles longer and clothes dirtier. See, anything flies as long as you say it's about climate change. As long as you say it's about climate change. Biden is pushing regulations that could force all kinds of problems here. Energy Department last month, not even the EPA, the Energy Department, proposed new efficiency standards for washing machines. Remember they were going to outlaw gas grills? They would require new appliances to use considerably less water, all in an effort to, quote, control the global climate crisis, unquote. Those mandates would force manufacturers to reduce cleaning performance to ensure their machines comply Leading industry giants such as Whirlpool said in public comments on the rule. They'll also make the appliances more expensive and laundry days a headache. Each cycle will take longer. The detergent will cost more. And in the end, the clothes will be less clean, the manufacturers say. So in other words, you'll smell like a European. May I say that, Mr. Producer? Even more specifically, the French? May I say that? I don't mean to be rude, but some countries, they just don't shower as much and they don't wash their clothes as much. The proposed washing machine rule marks the latest example of the administration turning to consumer regulations to advance its climate change agenda. Last month, the Energy Department published an analysis of its proposed cooking appliance efficiency regulations, which found would effectively ban half of all gas stoves in the U.S. market from being sold. The department has also proposed new efficiency standards for refrigerators, which could come into effect in 2027. And collectively, these energy efficiency actions support President Biden's ambitious clean energy agenda to combat the climate crisis, said a replace from the Energy Department that obviously does not believe in producing energy. <clears throat> And they sought a request from the Energy Department, but the faceless, nameless Energy Department didn't respond. We're just squeezing all you can out of the efficiency in terms of electricity use and water. You, by definition, either make the appliance worse or slower, said Travis Fisher of the Heritage Foundation. And uh, why are we so focused on the energy output as opposed to it? If it's helping me wash my clothes, that standard has kind of gone off the rails. The Association of a, of Home Appliance Manufacturer argue the Energy Department washing machine regulations would have a disproportionate impact on uh, low-income households. Well, of course, that's always very important. <clears throat> Excuse me. They don't care. Price of washing machines go up. Their efficiency goes down. What, what, we're dealing with ideologues here, Marxists. Well, how dare you call them Marxists? We here at Salon 
and media matters and mediocre, right? And all that. How dare you call these people Marxists? You think Joe Biden's a Marxist? No. Come on. Now, Joe Biden may be too stupid to know the intricacies and details of Marxism, but he's a collaborator. The hell do you think his policies are based on? What are they based on if not Marxism? And so, washing machines, gas stoves, gas-driven cars, they're all on the ban list. We're regressing. This is throwbacks. I told you about the degrowth movement. I wrote about it extensively. You are now experiencing it. We don't have supply chain problems. We have government problems. And the government is interfering with the supply chain. The government is interfering with the production of baby food. The government is interfering with the production of natural gas and oil and electricity. The government is interfering in our economic activities and has created massive inflation. Who knows better than Elizabeth Warren how to run one industry after another? Who knows better than Joe Biden, who's never worked in the private sector his entire life unless he was getting paid by the communist Chinese? Who knows better than Chuck Schumer, who's been in elected office since he graduated law school? All the brainiacs, McConnell, he's in the private sector for about 14 seconds. And yet they know how to run everything. Is that ever, it's amazing. That's what the problem is when people say, democracy, democracy, democracy. No, we're a republic. Just because you get more votes or you win in a poll doesn't mean your, your way is the right way. We have a republic where there's limits placed. Even when we have separation of powers and balance and checks, there are stated limits on what these various elements of the government can do. But if you keep referring to populism and democracy, well, then you're rejecting the Constitution. Just like the Marxist leftists. They claim to represent the people, whether the people vote for them or not. And I'm hearing this more and more from pseudo-conservatives. Well, the public wants this, and it's time that people represent them. It's time that representatives follow the Constitution. That's the oath they take. One hand on the Bible, one in the air, to uphold the Constitution, not to uphold the, the daily polls. Any monkey can do that. Any clown can do that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tell me, America, should families who've lost loved ones, not just in the Civil War, but every war since, should they be paying reparations to other Americans? I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Should the families of those who have buried members at Arlington and other military 
cemeteries or other cemeteries across the country and the world, should they be paying reparations? I'd like to have a full-on debate about this. But where do we have it? How can we do this? I'd like to have a full-on debate about Ukraine, but where? None of these presidential candidates talk to me about Ukraine. I'm more than happy to do it. But they don't want to do it. They don't want to. And I'm not interested in bringing Lindsey Graham on to say what Lindsey Graham says. Not because I dislike him. He's a nice man, as a matter of fact. But why won't they? If they're so right about their positions. Let's go to Gary. Staten Island, the great WABC. Go right ahead, please. America first. Trump, DeSantis, say stop the war. Many of us agree with Trump. I want to stop the war, too. What are you talking about? I don't think so. Oh, no? Yeah, I want to stop the war. I don't want to surrender. That's, you know, that's a whole different thing. Neither does Trump or DeSantis. Why, why are you bringing them in on this? I heard what they said. Trump said he'll end it in one day. Didn't he? Has Trump of ever cut and run that. from anywhere in the world, Gary? Anywhere. The answer is no. All right, thanks for your call. I can't have dead air the whole time. I'm willing to debate it. I'm willing to discuss it. But let's get into it. Let's go to Chuck, a trucker, Kentucky, the great WHAS. How are you, Chuck? Doing well, Mark. I want to know why nobody brings up the deal about we're still borrowing money from China, we're still giving money to China. You're right. After all the stuff they've done to America, after all the Americans that's been killed over this stupid virus, we're still, Mm -hmm. we need to cut China completely off and tell them to get their ass out of our country. Yeah, problem is, a lot of our drugs come from there. A lot of the materials we use come from there. We've got to rebuild our industries in this country. And we need to do it fast. And you're not going to do that by massive tax increases and deficit spending like the, uh, the half-wit or the no-wit in the Oval Office. That's for sure. I'm the one who believes in America first. Me, me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Take care.